a big move for a critical part of the women's basketball landscape. Kurt Miller off to L.A., and we are here to talk about it with him. Locked on Women's Basketball starts now. You are Locked on Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Megdahl, thanking you for making us your first listen every day. Six days a week, we cover women's basketball. Every weekday, we've got a WNBA draft podcast every Saturday as well. Make sure you subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts, over on YouTube as well. We're glad to have you with us. Of course, it's not just me. The entire team at The Next is bringing you this every single day, thenexthoops.com, where we have over 100 reported pieces about women's basketball every single month. It's $9 a month or $72 a year. You're supporting and building the infrastructure in women's basketball media that we all know we need. And somebody who has given us no shortage of stories to write about through the years, both at the Connecticut Sun and now with this move to the Los Angeles Sparks is Kurt Miller. And Kurt, I want to start just by talking about the fact that we are at a moment in time where the high profile coaches are in great demand, whether it was you, whether it was Cheryl Reeves' uh, whirlwind free agent tour that led her ultimately back to Minnesota. I, I just, it feels as if there's been a bit of a sea change in there, an understanding of the value here. And I guess as somebody who's gone through it yourself here, how you feel like uh, that resonates? Yeah, Howard, it was a humbling um, off season for sure. And it, and it hasn't been very long between the end of the season, 36 hours later, being in Australia and then coming back, um, it's been a nonstop offseason so far, so far for me. But uh, humbling, got to speak with some amazing people around the league this offseason and uh, just really, really excited to be um, starting the next phase of my career in L.A. I just think it's so interesting, you know, when you have these opportunities, when you have these options coming up. How do you go about sorting them? You know, what was your process like? You're having these conversations. You know, you're talking, you know, again, to multiple teams, trying to figure out sort of what's the best for you. You're in a scenario in a place where you've built something incredible as well in Connecticut. What was your process like figuring it all out? Yeah, Howard, it was, uh, it was you know, first and foremost, uh, I'd be remiss not to give so much credit to Connecticut. My experience over the seven years was just incredible. Worked for three great bosses. You know, if you're fortunate to work with one, um, you've had a great career. I was fortunate to work with three from Chris Sanko, hired me a 10 year with Amber Cox and then Jen Rosati. I'm going to be lifelong friends with all three, uh, all three of them. So talented in what they do, but more importantly, such great people. So I was very fortunate. Um, we're in a people business. We're in a people sport. And I'd be remiss not to say how much I enjoyed my tenure in Connecticut, their belief, their trust in me, all the way up past my bosses to Mohican and the tribal support and the tribal council. So um, they've just been wonderful. And it was difficult. It was difficult to, I still have emotions. Uh, difficult saying goodbye to Connecticut, someplace that is still in a window 
that they can win. And I'm excited for the next voice. I'm excited to watch their continued journey with the window that they're in. But, uh, you know, I just love to build. And everything, Howard, for me, came back to the fond memories of 2015 when I entered the league as an assistant in L.A., and not only the experience of working and being mentored by Brian Agler that season, but walking into a star-studded team uh, mm-hmm. with NECA and Candace Parker and Elena Beard. I, I literally lived down the hallway the whole year from Elena Beard, got very close with her, Christy Tolliver, Jantel Lavender, and you know, just the list goes on of that star-studded veteran crew. That was my start in the league, and you mm-hmm. can understand why I had such fond memories of working for Coach Agler, but also all those great players that I said, if uh, I ever had the opportunity to return and, and the job ever opened up, it would be difficult to walk away from. And uh, what I thought came to fruition, it was just an opportunity that the opportunity to build the opportunity back in L.A. was something I really couldn't pass up. Yeah, I'm, I'm listening. Elena is, I know, part of that potential ownership group in Oakland. I think the league will benefit if Elena's group is the one selected. But that is, of course, another story for another time. Let's talk about L.A. And so, the you know, the job is open. You have this opportunity. There's there's a couple elements here, right? One is, you know, you talked about back when you were building. And I remember having that conversation with you about the sun being the next team on the rise in part, in large part, because of the way in which you and Chris worked together to kind of put that team together. What was the vision that you had that you're in that conversation with the Sparks, uh, you know, about where that looks like? You know, what is what is the arc? It's obviously it's a roster that has some veterans. It's a roster that's missing a first round draft pick coming up. You know, how, what's from here to there in the way you described it? Yeah, I think, you know, Howard, when you look at my career, you know, uh, there's been a lot of questions about the decisions that I've made when I've made moves. Um, I Some of my most important mentors uh, thought I was committing, you know, uh, a really maybe professional suicide by taking the Bowling Green job. And it was, it was you know, like I just believed that they once had great history that it could be returned. Um, Indiana had no tradition. Um, when I left the big East as an assistant coach and I left Syracuse and, you know, a a team that was always fighting with UConn and and Notre Dame to try to find relevancy. And I go to little known Colorado state, what they didn't know, I was going to walk into a time where Becky Hammond was going to, you know, put the the program on her back. So whatever happened to her? You know, yeah. Can you can you imagine? So, you know, Howard, I've, I've not been afraid to take a step where people may bat their eye, question it. Um, I look at it as half glass full. Um, it is an opportunity to build something special in L.A. It's a destination location for free agents. Um, they have a lot of cap available and space. Um, right away. So you can really put your input on it. I can't wait to get to work uh, with a new GM and a new coaching staff and Karen Bryan and Eric Holliman. And so I looked at it as glass half full. We have a lot of hard work ahead of us. We don't have a first round pick. Um, A lot of people have cap space. A lot of teams have free agents that they need to sign. It won't be easy, but I've never shied away from that in a building process. I'm excited about the potential 
that LA is. And I saw it when it was filled with star studded players, how special a place it can be. I want to help bring it back. There's a reason that that franchise has won three championships. I'm humbled and honored to now be a part of it. It's a signature franchise. It's one of the first two franchises literally to tip off in this league. Right. And I think there's even an import when you think about the levels that the WNBA as a whole can reach to have great teams in LA and New York. I don't mean to uh, put to the side the importance of other teams who are in this league, but just from, you know, an attention perspective, being able to do that in the one and two largest media markets in the country would seem to matter to me. Do you feel like that? Do you feel like at some level the states are a little higher in LA? And was that part of what drew you to this challenge? For sure. The iconic franchise, when you mention it, it's it's in your head, that picture, that jump ball, that original jump ball, the the the, the NECA put back in 2016, Candace Parker, Lisa Leslie. And you think about some of the great greats of all time that have played in L.A. And then you build on to that the coaches that have walked the sideline. But, you know, my experience in 2015 so fond that, you know, all that went into it, all that emotion. And we know we got hard work ahead of us and the fan base has to stay patient. But it's a place where I think um, with the ability to put your own footprint on it can be really special. Locked on Women's Basketball is brought to you by Built Bar. Look, you've got to try the new reimagined flavors over at Built Bar. As you know, I've talked to you about it for a long time. Cookie dough topper is, I would say, 90% of what we eat in this house. But there's coconut brownie bar, coconut brownie topper, chocolate peppermint granola, and with the holidays coming, candy cane brownie gets you ready for the holidays because it's not just delicious candy bars. 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and somehow 130 calories. So go to built.com and get 15% off your order by trying the code LOCKEDON15 at built.com. Again, it's LOCKEDON15 for 15% off your order. And again, built.com for built bars. Tell them Grandma Myrna sent you. Lockdown Women's Basketball is brought to you by Turo. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget. Book an SUV or minivan for a family road trip, a pickup truck for some errands, or even test drive an EV. Every tip is backed by liability insurance, terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. For debt boring rental cars, find your drive at Turo.com. You have been very clear about your build throughout your time in Connecticut. And so you talked about the patients, but I guess I wonder, do you view this as a three-year arc do you view it as a five-year do you is the level of uh cap space and the fact that uh there is an opportunity to build mean something that you think you can get there sooner i just wonder sort of how you view that you know that mountain ahead yeah it's interesting howard you know i i thought the build at bowling green was going to take longer and then by year three we had won 20 plus games we did that nine straight years won eight straight championships 
um, you know, I went to Indiana with no tradition and in our second year there, uh, tied the record for most uh, wins in a season and and had the most postseason wins ever in, in at that time. That was in year two. Mm-hmm. Connecticut was the same way. And by year two, all of a sudden we had won, you know, 20 plus games and, and, and didn't look back. I all thought in all of those stops that maybe it was a little bit longer. The timetable was a little bit longer and we, we did it faster than maybe what is expected. So I'm never going to put any brakes on us. I'm never going to put any parameters on us that it can't happen quicker. What I will promise you is we want to do it with great people. That starts with the staffing. I want servant leaders. I want people that are in it for these players. This league is a players first only league. I want to surround myself with people that are serving these great players in this incredible league. And then it starts with players. And you know, I'm a big culture person. Um, You know, I believe you build it in the locker room. I believe you build it with great people. I don't think you have to take a lot of chances on questionable characters. Um, And I think that all contributes to a great atmosphere when there's unselfish players, there's servant leaders um, around them. And I think great things can happen. More importantly, it creates it creates an environment that you can overachieve. And that's when you build maybe quicker than you think is when you have the ability to overachieve. No, no doubt about it. And, and listen, the flip side we've seen too, in this league, the teams that have taken chances have again and again lived to regret it, especially in the last couple of years. So to understand that that is critical, I think is very clear. Um, I, I do. And, and, and it's, sort of a strange moment in time in terms of what is public, what is not, uh, you know, with the Sparks. The fact that um, you've come, you are especially the head coach. There has not been a general manager announced yet. And so I I just the way I want to talk to you about it is more just generally in a couple of ways. One is, um, you know, how much input did you do you have over that conversation about the general manager um, and you know, I would imagine that that was, you know, a critical part of thinking about where you're going in terms of how you build. You've, like you said, it's very much about who you're working with and who you're working for. Yeah. You know, I truly incredibly trust Karen Bryant and her leadership and, and her her involvement with the Sparks currently. And then Eric Holliman, you know, that the, the top is not only showing commitment, but their their leadership is outstanding. And I trust them. I'm involved in all these conversations, I'm talking with candidates, not only to round out my my coaching staff and my support staff, but I'm also involved um, on a day-to-day basis with conversations about the GM. Mm-hmm. In terms of not being a general manager, and, and I've just, for our listeners, just at a point of personal privilege, you're not you were not a hands-off GM in Connecticut. You had, you knew every last dollar amount. You were on top of every kind of decision that went along the way. I know there's been uh, a bit of a shift throughout the league, a conversation that, you know, geez, these jobs are getting bigger and bigger and it gets to a point where, you know, separating them out, uh, there's a certain amount of logic to it. I wonder, did that play a part in the way you were feeling about it? Number one and number two, just, you know, how that transition is going to be for you. You're, you're a voice in that conversation, but it is a transition, no doubt about it. 
Yeah, I think the great thing is, is I spent six years as a GM and can provide guidance and, um, you know, my knowledge of during my time as a GM to our new GM when when that person is hired. Um, but at the same time, you mentioned it. It is very, very difficult under the new CBA and the recent um, tactical the, the, the talent that goes into the GM role has clearly changed. Um, oh, you know, during my tenure in this league, um, the GM role is much more needed. It, it's so much more difficult. It takes a lot of professionalism, tactician. It, 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 it is just a really full-time job. And I think you see the shift happening that more and more franchises are moving away from the dual hat. That's how important the GM role is, but that's how much work is going into the GM role on a daily basis. But I'm excited to be able to provide some leadership and some, you know, guidance on and advice in that role since I played that role. But honestly, Howard, I'm excited not to be that role at times too. The challenge of that dual role, your coach player relationship is one thing. And now when you start negotiating money and talking fines and, you know, talking about all those other decisions, they know you more on a day-to-day basis as the coach player relationship. And then you have your GM player relationship also is sometimes very, very challenging in this league. So I was looking forward to taking off, um, you know, the, the one hat and being able to really concentrate on the build as a coach in LA. Makes a lot of sense. And then I, even just the flip side of that, when you talked about Karen and Eric being as uh, in as they are, as as committed as they are, and, and obviously we you know we know their histories. Um, is there a desire, and is it something that you're seeing as well, to have a larger front office? You know, simply to have um, you know, there's just this enormous gap, as as you know, between the size of an NBA front office and the size of a WNBA front office, and you know, there are a lot of reasons for that, but it you know, the job is arguably just as hard. And so is, is there a desire on your end to have more people, you know, have, let's say more people in analytics, for instance, you know, and being able to build, I know that matters to you a lot. Yeah. I think, I think first and foremost, you know, that was one of the big attractions to LA is Eric's commitment and the commitment starts in human capital. You know, the human capital is so important and then they really started this growth in LA on the business side. And now it turns to the basketball side and there's a new vision, there's a new plan. And, and we talk, you know, almost on a daily basis of what that looks like in terms of human capital. And it's fun right now. You know, part of the building process is building your staff. And I'm having those daily conversations from support staff to assistant coaches. So, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, it's long days right now. It's long days, um, but fun days as you, as you build something again. I know, obviously, it was a mutual decision to to move on. It's also, you know, and and I've written this as well. A, a very difficult decision has to be in Connecticut to allow you to move on when you have had the kind of success that you had in Connecticut. And I guess I wonder, do you think that as you build your staff, being able to reach back out, being able to find other folks who you worked with in Connecticut is something of an option for you, or are you finding that um, you're, you're needing to go more outside of uh, what you had built on a staff side in Connecticut? 
Yeah, I truly appreciated the support of Connecticut. I mean, again, my three bosses, most recently Jen Rosati was incredibly supportive. Um, we'll be lifelong friends. She really gets it. You know, she sat in that head coaching seat for so long that she really gets the difficulty of the decisions on a daily basis that a head coach goes through. But she was tremendously supportive through the process. And, you know, and and I really it was really difficult, Howard. It was really difficult to leave uh, Connecticut, especially uh, they're in a window that's, you know, that doesn't come often all the time in pro sports. And, you know, I still had years on my contract. So it was a difficult decision, but uh, I appreciated the support. And again, the fondness, the memories just kept coming, flooding back from 2015, made it hard. Um, you know, I'm, I've cast a wide web right now on staffing and, uh, and, you know, I'm not sure yet how it's all going to play out, but Howard, it's, uh, I promise, I promise the LA fans that I'm going to surround myself with people that compliment me, uh, cover up weaknesses, enhance my weaknesses. But first and foremost, those are going to be good people and servant leader leaders that really give to the players. That's who I want. Um, in LA joining me. Locked on Women's Basketball is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting the start of the upcoming women's college basketball season, not to mention NBA and NFL. Find all your latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued sport source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there, especially women's sports. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. A whole lot of people making a whole lot of calls right now with all these openings and all these changes. Yes. It's going to be... It is. It was always a fascinating time to cover this league, but I, I, I do want to just focus in on the moment you made the decision. And I just, if you could just take us there, you know, where were you? What was that final moment like? You know, just take me through. Was, you know, who, who was the last person you consulted with before you did it? How did you go about making that decision? Yeah, Howard. It was, uh, you know, th those decisions are unbelievable, and. Uh, I had a lot of sleepless nights and, uh, and maybe the last, you know, family is who I always lean on and sure. just coming back and, and back and back to family. And, you know, we're, we're still kind of grieving my mom's passing in August. And so it, it, it it's not unusual for me to talk to family each and every day. So a lot of family conversations, a lot of restless nights, and uh, and, and flip-flopping on, you know, just what was best for my future. But ultimately, you know, had one last consulting talk with my family and and uh, and and chase my gut and chase my gut and really excited. And then you, then you turn it over to your agents. Right. You turn it over to your agents. And um, and then, you know, it's uh, um, you, you just want to get started. You know, you just when, when you change jobs and you're in a building process and I've made this decision numerous times throughout my career, you just want to get to work. Mm -hmm. And then the flip side is I know getting yourself away from work is hard, but you also you lived in L.A., you know, you know, the city, you're coming back to it. When you get back there, what is the first off the court thing you're most excited about when it comes to Los Angeles? 
the ocean, you know, the beach, you know, I, I, I'm a foodie also, so you can't go wrong with foodie, but you know, Howard, I, what was so special in 2015, as I walked on the beach every morning before I left for practice, didn't matter if it was 4:35, 5:30, usually in the pitch black, but um, you know, I made that a priority. And a lot of times got a second walk in uh, on the beach, you know, after practice. And so um, I can't wait to get back out there. Water's special. It's a special place. Well, we are obviously really excited to see what you build here. Uh, we continue, I'm sure, to have many stories uh, out of all that you do. And uh, I'm grateful for your time to, to our listeners as well. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. Uh, make sure you're subscribing. We'll be back with you tomorrow as we are every weekday. Um, Kurt Miller, all the best of luck to you, and thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Howard. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.